0: chapter 12 and um last week you guys remember ananias and sapphira and all that happened to them and all that happened to the church and if you can remember the response from the church after ananias and sapphira um were judged was that the church um you know and i'll go there actually on um, chapter 5 verse 11 if you kind of look up it says and great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things and um, that was the response um, from the church and anyone that heard about it and so after all of that this is what happens verse 12 now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles and they were all together in solomon's portico none of the rest dared join them but the people held them in high esteem verse 14 and more than ever believers were added to the lord multitudes of both men and women so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by at least a shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits and they were all healed. Wow. We're going to have some fun this morning Let's pray and let's dive in God, thank you again for allowing us to gather And Father, what encourages me One of the things that encourages me and blesses me is The the desire you have planted in us to want to gather The desire you have planted in us to gather and this desire and the actions that follow uh, don't come from us, um, but they originate from your spirit. Your spirit just, in, just gives us an appetite just to be with each other. And so God, um, as we look at the, the, the topic of signs and wonders, miraculous works in the life of the church, Um, God, give us eyes to see. There are so many opinions out there um, when it comes to this topic. But God, we want to see. We want to hear from you. um, And we want to not only hear, but we want to be obedient um, to what you've called us to. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Look at verse 12. Let's get right into it. Verse 12 says, Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. This verse, verse 12, is basically an answer to prayer. Um, How do we know that? If you remember, um, back in chapter 4 of Acts, we saw how the early church turned to prayer after hearing the report of increasing persecution. And as they prayed, they asked God for several things, but this is primarily what they asked God for. They asked God to give them boldness. Um, for the mission and for miraculous signs and wonders to accompany the mission If you go to Acts chapter 4 29 30 Actually you don't need to go there but it's going to be up on your screen Look at what it says look at what they prayed They prayed and now Lord look upon their threats And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word With, bold, with all boldness one prayer Okay this is a second while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That was what they prayed back in chapter four. And now in this chapter, chapter five, they're actually witnessing God answer their prayer. They are eyewitnesses of many signs and wonders as they continue together, um, together and carry on with the mission. Now, um, briefly look down at verses 15 and 16, right? Um, And those two verses describe some of the miracles, signs and wonders they were seeing. It reveals to us that sick people were completely healed and people who were tormented by evil spirits were set free. It was a remarkable time in the history of the church where miraculous event after miraculous event was a normal part of that church community just a normal part of it they were seeing miracles left right and center as a church king's cross church from the very beginning we've desired to be a church shaped by cultural shaped not by cultural christianity but by biblical christianity we want everything we do as a church To be inspired and shaped by scripture. And so that's why um, we are committed to the exposition, expositional preaching, which is the verse by verse, chapter by chapter exploration of the scriptures. And so at the beginning of this year, we made a decision to journey through Acts together right, as a church in order to discover how God wants us to function as a church. And so far, we've learned so much from Acts. There's so much um, we've been able to apply. Um, And so far, the best part of our study is that there have been um, several things that happened then in the early church that we've seen, we've already seen happen in our church, like numerical growth. We have experienced the numerical growth. our church is two and a half, and we've not grown as like fast <laughs> as the early church, but we've seen some growth based on where we were at at the beginning. We started with you know like four people and we've seen our church grow to where it's at now we've also Um, seen like the early church we've seen new converts we've seen people get saved in our church and get baptized in our church we've also like the early church seen how we have um, stepped up in caring for the practical needs of one another We've seen that and we continue to see that to this day. And also, like the book of Acts, like the church in Acts, we've been given boldness for evangelism. Right. Um, an example of that was the Easter. Share your Jesus stories. Right. We 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 prayed for God to give us boldness as we um, prepared Ourselves to communicate the gospel through our social media and platform. And so as a church, we have experienced in the life of our church many of the things that took place in the life of the early church. But this week, the things described in the early church gives us pause. Why? For the early church, signs and wonders like the healing of the sick and the deliverance of tormented individuals was the norm. From what we just read, these miracles happened all the time, right? If you look at the text, it says, Now many signs and wonders were what? Regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. That's what was happening then. But for us right now, these miraculous events seem rare. And when we hear reports of miracles, many of us are sceptical and very suspicious. We may believe that every miracle recorded in the Bible really happened but we struggle to believe we'll actually see miracles like that, or the ones in scripture, in our day and age. It may have happened then, we say, but we're not sure it can really happen now. This all raises a very valid question. And that is, why are miracles not happening In our church in the same way as they did in Acts So many miracles happened then and that's awesome It's awesome when we read about them, so inspiring But why isn't the same happening now And when they do, why do we question their authenticity To answer those questions, we have to first understand the purpose of miracles Alright, let's get right into it another word that is often used for signs and wonders is miracles and this totally makes sense because the greek word for miracle is semenos, semenos or semenos, all right or semios or something like that <laughs> i'm so bad at greek i should be really good with greek as i would say my my wife is um of greek origin um, greek descent and i need to work on my greek but That's what the Greek word is. And um, the Greek word for miracle means, basically means sign, basically means sign. The dictionary on my MacBook has the following definition for miracles. An extraordinary and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to a divine agency. And I think this is a helpful definition of what a miracle is, but even with helpful definitions like this one there's still a fair amount of confusion surrounding miracles well how we tend to use the term miracle in more of a casual way especially um, when we use the term as the answer to an experience we can't easily explain like Um, If we were to ever walk away from a car accident unharmed, we tend to say, man, that was a miracle. And in so many ways, that was a miracle. Or when, um, for example, um, the worst team in the league Ends up winning some sort of championship, right? The championship, we look at that as a miracle, and they release a whole documentary um, and they title the documentary the Miraculous Championship or something. And so that is how we tend to use the term miracles or define it. Um, um, yeah, we also at times view the ordinary rhythms of nature as miraculous events Um, from the birth of a child to how the eagle flies to the way a fish swims to the seasonal changes a plant goes through Um, the ordinary rhythms of nature is often viewed by us as miraculous events and don't get me wrong like the 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 idea that childbirth is a wonderful thing and it's a miracle in so many ways and don't get me wrong every time a flower blooms or animals express themselves in the wild um, these things will continue to leave us amazed and they are you know miracles in a way but what we have to remember is the bible does not really consider these things That is, experiences we cannot explain or ordinary rhythms of nature as signs and wonders or miracles. And so the question is, if the Bible doesn't really define miracles in that way, from a biblical perspective, what then is a miracle? There's no one verse in the Bible that defines miracles, but we can develop a pretty solid biblical definition of what a miracle is and it's not by looking at the whole of scripture that is by looking at specific um, by looking at miraculous events like moses parting the red sea or jesus walking on water and the leaders of the early church in acts healing the sick and we look at them to help us discover what a miracle is Based on these and the many other miracles recorded in scripture, here I believe is a good biblical definition of what a miracle is. And it's from the Gospel Project. They define a miracle as an event in which God makes an exception to the natural order of things or supersedes natural laws. For the purpose of demonstrating his glory of validating his message. And so if you look at that definition, it's when God makes an exception to the natural order of things. Um, that is how they view a miracle. C.S. Lewis, who I love so much, once used the following illustration to articulate what a miracle is. He says, "It for thousands of years a woman can become pregnant only by sexual intercourse with a man then if she were to become pregnant without a man it would be a miracle (laughs) it would be a miracle in other words uh, what they're saying um, and according based on scripture and what they've studied about scripture a miracle is when god acts outside of the norm for his redemptive purposes when God acts outside of the normal um, natural order of things for his redemptive purposes Eric Metaxas says this he says it is when something outside time and space enters um, time and space whether just to wink at us or poke at us briefly Or to come in and dwell among us for three decades. So good. And so from these definitions, um, which are so helpful, in order to help us understand what a biblical definition of a miracle is, the most important thing to know about signs and wonders is not how they happened or what actually happened, but the most important thing... Um, these definitions biblical definitions are pointing to is why they happened why miracles happen that is the purpose of miracles as we discovered earlier the Greek word for miracle is "semeios," which means sign that means Miracles are signs, and like all signs, they are never about themselves. They are about whatever they are pointing toward. Miracles point to something beyond themselves. And so, what do miracles point to? To God himself, right? Ultimately, miracles exist to reveal God's character Um, His identity and his compassion for people. Again, Eric Metaxas in his book, Miracles, which is a really good book. He says, "Um, that's the point of miracles. To point us beyond our world to another world. If miracles exist at all, they exist not for their own sake, but for us. To point us towards something beyond, to someone beyond. For example, let me give you an example. For example, while Jesus was on earth, he performed countless miracles. He healed the sick, cast out evil spirits, made the blind see, made the deaf hear, made the cripple walk, brought a dead man back to life and exercised unlimited power over nature. And the most important thing to recognize about Jesus' his miracles is that he performed all these miracles not just because of his love for people right he had compassion over people and he wanted to help people but the reason why Jesus performed miracles was to essentially authenticate his identity to authenticate his identity now and um, to authenticate something is to prove that it's true or genuine all right police officers need uniforms and a badge to authenticate their identity if someone knocks on your door and they're plain clothed and they don't have a badge and they say hey um, I'm a police officer let me in you're like no like show me your badge okay <laughs> that's what the badge is for most designer sneakers or clothing label clothing What they need are labels that authenticate that they are authentic and not a fake. Some food products these days authenticate that they're truly vegan with an official vegan label on the packaging in a similar way. In a similar way, the ultimate purpose of Jesus' miracles were to authenticate his identity, to prove that he was truly the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so in the book of Acts, miracles were done through the apostles for the same purpose, to authenticate Their identity as God's chosen messengers. In other words, the miraculous works God did through the early church uh, was definitely to, to, to reveal who God is and his character. But it was also to authenticate that these men and women were God's people doing God's work. And so... For us now, after just doing a brief survey, right, discovering what miracles are and why they happened, I think we're ready to answer our original question. And that question was why are miracles not happening in our church the same way that they did in Acts? Um, and a good answer to that is miracles in Acts. For example, served a purpose in God's redemptive plan to authenticate God's message and His messengers. Miracles, um, God allowed these um, incredible miracles to happen during a unique season in the church uh, to authenticate his message and his messengers miracles were like god's seal of approval in other words when god did miracles through the apostle through the apostles he he was essentially saying these are my messengers and the message they proclaim is my message if miracles in the bible were for the purpose of authenticating God's message and his messengers. How should we think about miracles today? What should be our expectations when it comes to miracles? Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, So that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on carts and mats, That as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. There there was a lot of excitement and expectation within the church, so much so that many started to believe Peter's shadow was powerful enough to heal. This sounds (laughs) bizarre, doesn't it? Uh, the belief that someone's shadow had the ability to heal is a bit naive on their part, isn't it? It just sounds a bit too naive. To us, it is. But to them, it wasn't. To them, it totally made sense. Why? In first century Jewish culture, many believe a person's shadow carried spiritual power. Okay. And if you touched someone's shadow, it would benefit you or be detrimental to you depending on who or what cast the shadow. For example, Cicero, the famous Roman orator and writer said that it will not go well with you. It will be very harmful for you if you were to even touch the shadow of a criminal. Another ancient writer said that a person or animal... Could be injured if something if something violent happened to their shadow And so under the influence of this common belief system Many at the time who heard about the mighty acts being performed In and through the apostles Brought their sick relatives out of their houses And into the streets with the belief that if they made Contact with Peter's shadow They would be healed Um, Did the apostles approve And encourage this behaviour Was anyone healed by Peter's shadow None of this information is given to us In the text, all we know Is that God was working So powerfully through the apostles In such a way that Many people believed Peter's shadow Possessed healing power verse 16 look at it with me the people also gathered from the towns around jerusalem bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits and they were all healed Um, a large number of jews from the neighboring towns heard about the mighty acts of god performed in and through the church and they wanted in so what did they do they brought sick and tormented people to the apostles and what does it say they were all healed all of them it doesn't say some of them were healed or they don't know whether they were healed or no like all were healed now the sheer volume of healing happening in those days created expectations people expected to be healed as soon as they made some sort of contact with peter or one of the other apostles and guess what they were all healed and so as the church in the 21st century looking at the original church in the first century should we have the same expectations should we expect the same amount of frequency of miracles today should we expect healing every time we pray for someone if the purpose of miracles back then were to authenticate the apostles what should we expect now first although the miracles of the early church served a purpose in god's redemptive plan to authenticate God's message and his messengers. this doesn't mean that miracles have ceased today. I love what Wayne Grudem says about this. he says there is nothing inappropriate in seeking miracles for the proper purpose for which for which they are given by God to confirm the truthfulness of the gospel message to bring help to those in need to remove hindrances to people's ministries and to bring glory to god and that's what Wayne Grudem said um, this is what Martin Lloyd-Jones in a sermon preached in 1965 says um, and he says the same thing in a different way um, and I, I hope we can get those quotes up but if not it's fine but this is what Martin Lloyd-Jones said He said, it is perfectly clear that in New Testament times, the gospel was authenticated in this way by signs, wonders and miracles of various characters and descriptions. Was it only meant to be true of the early church? Question. The scriptures never anywhere say that these things were only temporary. There is no such statement anywhere. In other words, God still does heal and do miracles today, and it's okay for us to ask God to do a miracle in our life. Let me say that again God does still heal and do miracles today, and it's okay to ask God. To do a miracle In our life God is still doing miracles today And when you look at the whole conversations Of um, miracles um, There are differences of opinion Within um, Christianity You will have uh, faithful loving um christians who disagree um when it comes to miracles um they all will agree on certain things but there are so many disagreements and um but what they all agree with is that god still does miracles today he absolutely does and i am sure in your life Um, Or in the life of someone you know Or uh, maybe you've read a story or a book That um, talks about miracles God still does miracles today He still from time to time Will disturb the natural order of things um, um, To eventually bring about his purposes God still does miracles today And so when somebody we know is sick it's fine it's right and fitting for us to pray that god heals them miraculously it's fine for us to do that why um you know look at philippians 4 6 i love this passage it says do not be anxious about anything but in um, every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and those requests um, involve asking God for healing. Um, and so it's right and it's fitting to pray that God does a miracle in your life, whatever miracle you're looking for, whatever is happening in your life that cannot be changed or altered by natural means it's fine for us to um, ask God to supernaturally work um, in a way that brings about his purposes now although it's okay for us to ask God for a miracle an important thing for us to remember is that we must do so without demanding Although God still does miracles, we must not expect healing to take place every time we pray for someone If we do, we will be expecting something of God that he has not promised There is nothing wrong with praying for God to do a miracle But he has not promised to work miraculously every time we ask But we must do our best to expect and accept um, That God is wise and his purposes are wise And that if the outcome is not what we desired that he is good and he has greater purposes for us for our great and gracious god to work in a way that is most fitting for his purposes and so god may heal or he may not he may answer our prayers and do a miracle or he may not but the most important thing is to always um, seek a miracle from god in light of um, in a in a in a humble way that communicates to him that it's all about his will that his will be done, and then when we do that, um, we want to fight to be content with whatever ever he decides to do. So we've seen how the purpose of signs and wonders right in acts for example was to authenticate god's message messengers and his message in a unique time we've also seen that we're not to expect the same amount of miraculous works in our day and age but it's okay to seek god for miracles and because he is still working and doing miracles and then trust him um, to work in a way that is most fitting for his purposes now What I want to do is conclude by looking at the miracle of salvation, looking at the miracle of salvation. Look at verse 13. It says none of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And so with miracles happening all the time among the early church in Jerusalem, you would expect everyone who heard and saw to, um, show great interest in joining the church that wasn't the case surprisingly there were some who were hesitant to subscribe to the church we're not entirely sure why but it's possible their hesitation had a lot to do with the shocking and sudden death of ananias and sapphira which was definitely still fresh on their minds and possibly dominating the headlines at the time and so for some the reality of a god who takes sin seriously was probably why they were hesitant to approach the congregation and instead chose to keep themselves at a safe distance but although they kept away and wanted nothing to do with the thriving church community they held them in high esteem they had great respect for them. Look at verse 14. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So far in the book of Acts, we've seen how the church experienced rapid growth. All right. After Peter's sermon at Pentecost, it's reported that 3,000 people. Um, came to faith in Jesus Christ not long after the healing of the lame beggar. Peter preached the gospel, and it's estimated that five thousand over five thousand people were added to the church ever since the church launched it has continued to grow at a rapid rate. But notice what it says in verse fourteen. It says more than ever believers were added. To the Lord. In other words, the kind of growth being experienced here was unprecedented. Growth of this kind had never been seen before. There may have been some who were hesitant to join the church, but at the same time, there were a crazy amount of people committing. To the church more than ever believers were added to the Lord and notice that it doesn't say to the church it says to the Lord Um, and that is just a reminder for all of us that when you commit to a local church uh, you're not committing to a leader You're not committing to a group of people Or relationships within the church If you commit to a local church Ultimately, and all of those things are part of the local church But ultimately you are committing your life to Jesus Christ You really are um, You are committing your life um, to his people And his mission And so with the focus of Being on signs and wonders in this section of Acts, um, this verse, which describes record breaking numbers of people being saved, um, seems a little out of place. We're hearing mostly about miraculous healings and exorcisms. Then we hear about lots of people getting saved. It doesn't seem to really correlate, but it's there for a purpose because a closer look reveals that growth of the church fits perfectly with the topic of miracles why is that because god's miraculous works in the world include the salvation of sinners healings signs and wonders are extraordinary but even more extraordinary is the salvation accomplished by Jesus Christ for us. Salvation, which is the process by which a person decides to stop living for themselves and starts living for Jesus, is way more extraordinary than when a person who was blind, for an example, suddenly receives sight. By faith in Jesus' miraculous birth, his display of power, his devastating death, but his miraculous resurrection from the dead, God does a miracle and raises the spiritually dead to life. All that God continues to do in the world through Jesus Christ, by definition, is a miracle the greatest miracle that any of us can experience. Salvation itself is the miracle of miracles. Justin Holcomb, um, who's an author and a pastor, gives us the following conclusion. He says whether or not we're privileged to witness obviously miraculous, supernatural events, Christians can be confident that God is actively at work in the world. Bringing people to himself bringing glory to Jesus and building his church It's fine For us to seek miraculous works. Okay, the extraordinary But we must not become so obsessed. We must not be chasing um, these supernatural happenings um, and No longer um, value the miracle of salvation and so my question to you is has the miracle of salvation lots lost, lost its value in your life has it ceased to amaze you that man like I was a sinner and now I am a saint thanks be to Jesus Christ are you moved By the fact that you have experienced the miracle of salvation in your life. Is Jesus enough for you? Has the fact that you have been saved through his death and resurrection. Is that satisfying for you? Or are you so consumed with signs and wonders? Okay. So consumed with signs and wonders. You um, begin um, to to, to um, lose um, the, the love and the appreciation you have for Jesus And so with our pursuit of miraculous healings And for God to do powerfully Let's not lose sight of the beauty and magnificence And how extraordinary salvation truly is Let's pray God, thank you as always thank you for reminding us of the purpose of miracles the purpose of miracles um, is um, for us now and it's to point to you it's a sign that is what the um, early church um, as they experienced signs and wonders um, the purpose and the reason why you did so much was God to reveal who you are and to authenticate who they were Um, and so God as we think about that and as we desire for the same to happen in our day and age um, we know that there are differences but God you have not changed Um, you are the same and you are a miracle working God and so God help us to have faith to pray and believe father for you to do miracles in our life but as we seek healing um, as we seek you to change circumstances outside of our control um, as we seek for you to do signs and wonders in our life and in the life of our church may we not lose sight of the gospel of the fact that man like salvation what you've done in christ is the greatest miracle ever Uh, may we glory in christ may we boast in christ and may we continue to be satisfied um, in the miracle of salvation you have provided through him in his name we pray